0: Good morning. Welcome to worship as we continue in our Sundays after Epiphany. And let us prepare our hearts and minds for worship this morning from wherever you are here in the sanctuary, those of you joining us from home or the springs or wherever you happen to be, that we are one body through one baptism. And so I invite all who are able to stand and turn toward the font for a thanksgiving of baptism. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, the fountain of living water, the rock who gave us birth, our light and our salvation. Joined to Christ in the waters of baptism, we are clothed with God's mercy and forgiveness. Let us give thanks for the gift of baptism. We give you thanks, O God, for in the beginning your Spirit moved over the waters and by your word you created the world, calling forth life in which you took delight. Through the waters of the flood you delivered Noah and his family. Through the sea you led your people Israel from slavery into freedom. At the river your son was baptized by John and anointed with the Holy Spirit. By water in your word you claim us as your beloved children, making us heirs of your promise, and servants of all. We praise you for the gift of water that sustains life. And above all, we praise you for the gift of new life in Jesus Christ. Shower us with your Spirit and renew our lives with your forgiveness, grace, and love. To you be given honor and praise through Jesus Christ our Lord in the unity of the Holy Spirit now and forever. Amen. (laughs) Let us pray. Compassionate God, you gather the whole universe into your radiant presence and continually reveal your Son as our Savior. Bring wholeness to all that is broken and speak truth to us in our confusion. That all creation will see and know your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Please be seated and prepare your hearts, minds, and ears to hear the word of God.
1: The first reading is from Deuteronomy chapter 18. Now Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You shall heed such a prophet. This is what you requested of the Lord your God, at Horeb, on the day of the assembly, when you said, If I hear the voice of the Lord my God anymore, ever again see the great fire, I will die. Then the Lord replied to me, They are right in what they have said. I will rise up from them a prophet, like you from among their own people. I will put my words in the mouth of the prophet, who shall speak to them everything that I command. Anyone who does not heed the word, that the prophet shall speak in my name, I myself will hold accountable. But any prophet who speaks in the name of other gods, or who promises to speak, or presumes to speak in my name a word that I have not commanded the prophet to speak, that prophet shall die. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks to the Lord. second reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Now concerning food sacrificed to idols, we know that all of us possesses knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Anyone who claims to know something does not yet have the necessary knowledge, but anyone who loves God is known by him. Hence, as to the eating of foods offered to idols, We know that no idol in the world really exists, and that there is no God but one. Indeed, even though there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as in the fact there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all are things and through whom we exist." It is not everyone, however, who has this knowledge. Since some people have become so accustomed to idols until now, they still think of the food they eat as food offered to an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. Food will not bring us close to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat, and no better off if we do. But take care of this liberty of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if others see you who possess knowledge eating in the temple of an idol, might they not sacrifice their consciences weak, be encouraged to the point of eating food sacrificed to idols. So by your knowledge, those weak believers whom Jesus Christ died are destroyed. But when you thus sin against members of your family and wound their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food is a cause of their falling, I will never eat meat, so that I may not cause one of them to fall. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
2: Gospel according to Mark, the first chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus and his disciples went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. Those who heard him were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. They were all amazed, and they kept on asking one another, What is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once his fame spread began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise 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 to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Two intriguing questions and one statement of fact. The man with the unclean spirit asks, What have you to do with us, Jesus? Then he asks, Have you come to destroy us? But even before Jesus can respond, the man with the unclean spirit states, I know who you are, the Holy One of God if only he really knew who Jesus is. If he knew Jesus, if he really knew Jesus, he'd know the answer to his two questions. What have you to do with us? Not the singular, what have you to do with me, but what have you to do with us? Some scholars think the us refers to the To the uh, man with the unclean spirit and his unclean spirits that were possessing him. That's the us, the plural. Other scholars suggest the us refers to the man and the people in the uh, synagogue. That's the gathered assembly, the us. What have you to do with us, Jesus? Have you come to destroy us? We don't hear a lot of talk nowadays about demon possessions or evil spirits or people being possessed or even having unclean spirits. But we might be inclined to do so if we were to define those demons or unclean spirits as anything and everything that opposes God. Anything and everything that is in opposition to God's will, God's intended purpose for us. Let's imagine that we can all agree on something. I know that's going to be hard to imagine, but I'm going to ask you to try to imagine that we can all agree on the premise that God intends good, not evil and that God desires justice and righteousness, grace and mercy. If we can do that, if we can agree on that premise, we may be able to see that the demons or unclean spirits are actually the work of the devil, or evil itself. Evil is that which goes against God's will. God's longing, God's desire, God's deepest hope for us and for all of creation. If I've heard it once, I've heard it a thousand times, that age-old question, why does God allow suffering? But what if we think about it another way? Because if you ask me, the suffering is the work of the devil. It's that that opposes God's will. It's evil that causes suffering, not God. And I would argue that evil works in opposition to God and to us and to all of creation. And furthermore, our faith teaches us that evil does not and will not and cannot have the final word. Yet for some people, this recent ice storm might have been the straw that broke the proverbial camel's back. As Pastor Ben pointed out last week, for some of us it was merely an inconvenience and surely frustrating, but for others it was another isolating, dangerous, and scary event. But here's something you may not be aware of. In times of suffering and struggle, whether or not it's weather-related, in times of need, people who don't know where else to turn often turn to us. They come to the church for help. People are drawn to Central Lutheran for help, for comfort, for consolation. And that's what happens when you have a cross on the building outside. You're announcing to the world that you're here to share God's grace and mercy and love and forgiveness. That's what happens when we have a carillon that chimes bells every hour on the hour. People know we're here, that we exist. Like the man with the unclean spirit, who, by the way, went to the synagogue on the Sabbath. A lot of people in our community have come to know this as a place where you can come for help, for healing, for hope. And especially during times of crisis, they come to us. Not necessarily on a Sunday morning, but on the other days of the week. They come to escape that often cold, cruel world. The one where evil does exist in opposition to the will of God. Some are driven here because they feel deep shame. They may think that if Jesus really knew them, he couldn't possibly love them care for them, accept them, value them. We hear their despair, and they may even be tempted to ask themselves, what have you to do with me, Jesus? Have you come to destroy me? Still others come knocking on our doors because they bear the heavy weight of guilt. They may think that there's no way Jesus could possibly forgive me because I can't even forgive myself or those I've wronged or those who have wronged me. And so they too might be tempted to ask, What have you to do with me, Jesus? Have you come to destroy me? Yet whenever we are together in assembly, as the community and the people of God, whether that's in person or worshiping with us through the live stream, we are here to be reminded that God has given us purpose and meaning in our lives. We belong to God. Our God names us and claims us. Our God loves us and forgives us and feeds us. What have you to do with us, Jesus? The answer is everything. Jesus has everything to do with us. Jesus teaches us. Jesus astounds us. Jesus heals us. Jesus welcomes us. Jesus meets us right where we are. Jesus forgives us. Jesus suffers with us. Jesus restores us. Jesus redeems us. Jesus gives us life, abundant life. We too should be astounded by his teaching. For Jesus calls us into a whole new way of being, an entirely new way of living, a whole and holy life in communion with him and in community with one another. Jesus wants to walk together with us, Jesus came not to destroy, but to build us up into his living, breathing body. Jesus calls us to be the hands and feet of Jesus by loving God and one another, by nurturing faithful living, by serving those in need, by sharing the gospel. This is God's will for us. And God knows this world needs to hear and see and experience for themselves this good news so that they too may come to know Jesus, to truly know Jesus, to be known by Jesus, to experience Jesus, to have an encounter with Jesus, the Holy One of God. Amen. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please be seated. Let us pray for God's blessing on the church, the world, and all of creation. Loving God, we pray that your example of teaching with authority builds up your church in love. Embolden your people to proclaim your word of grace, mercy, and forgiveness. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Renewing God, we pray for all of creation, that waterways flow clean and clear, that natural spaces are protected, and that our planet is healed. Empower us to commit to just care of the earth. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Justice-seeking God, we pray for those who hold positions in government and community leadership, that they may lead with integrity and mindfulness. Inspire us to work together for justice and peace in all the earth. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Compassionate God, we pray for all in need, especially those who struggle with long-term illness or chronic pain those without adi- access to adequate housing or health care, and any who suffer. And especially today, we lift up before you Dan Bates, Terry Chapp, Chuck Dietz, Gay and Dal Haverland, Doug and Jody Martin, Gretchen and Jeff Seamus, Ray and Susan Wade, and the family of David Joe. For whom else do the people pray? For all these we've named aloud, for those we hold in our hearts, and for those known only to you, we pray. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, we pray for this congregation, for the ministry we share, and for today's annual meeting. We give you thanks for the gifts you've given us and our leaders. And we ask that you would inspire and empower us to be bold in the proclamation of the gospel for the sake of the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Eternal God, we remember all who have been teachers, mentors, and companions in the church and in our lives. And we entrust all who have died to your loving care. We lift up all who grieve, especially the family and friends of Mary Lee Harwood and for Pastor Ben and his family at the death of his grandmother. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Knowing the Holy Spirit intercedes for us, we offer these prayers to you, O God, and the silent prayers of our hearts. In the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. The peace of Christ be with you all. Let us share God's peace now with one another and wave to those who are worshiping with us from afar. announcements for our life together. I want to begin by uh, welcoming you once again to worship today. Uh, I also want to highlight and and mention and invite you to attend the semi-annual meeting that will be held in the parish hall immediately following the service. We'll make our way to the parish hall where there's refreshments and coffee and and tea, and we ask that you especially if you're a voting member, that you come to to be counted among the quorum that is necessary for us to conduct business. But also, friends are welcome, people who attend Central regularly, if you want to come and hear more about our life together. The flowers that adorn the altar are in memory of Mary Harwood. Her service was held here yesterday. Mary is the mother of Debbie McCrory and grandmother to Morgan Lexi and Madison great-grandmother to Kendall Madison's daughter Um, we also have um, an announcement concerning Ash Wednesday and our Latin journey which begins on February 14th which will hold a double meaning for you Uh, it's uh, the greatest gift and the love of God that can be expressed to us so Take your sweetheart out for dinner and then get your ashes in church. (laughs) Now, I know Pastor Ben won't be announcing that when I'm on vacation these next two weeks. But I feel the freedom to do that with you. You know my uh, warped sense of humor. But I also want to alert you that on our Lenten journey, we are again putting together a devotional booklet and Pastor Ben will be receiving those from you. Uh, Anyone can submit a devotion. Um, There's instructions in the bulletin about how to do that, or you can speak to Pastor Ben directly. Finally, did I mention the annual meeting? It's following the service today. Hope you'll join us. Let us continue now with our offertory. Thank
0: pray. Gracious God, receive the gifts we bring, ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Through this meal, unite us as your body, shining with the light of your justice and mercy. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts.
3: We lift them to the Lord.
0: Let us give thanks to the Lord. Duty and our joy, that we should at all times and at all places give thanks and praise to you, Almighty and Merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection. Open to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Mercy for our fallen world you gave your only Son, that all those who believe in him should not perish, but have eternal life. We give thanks to you for the salvation you have prepared for us through Jesus Christ. Send now your Holy Spirit into our hearts, that we may receive our Lord with a living faith, as he comes to us in his Holy Supper. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it for them all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat this bread and drink from this cup, We proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. To you, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be all honor and glory in your holy church, now and forever. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. For distribution this morning we'll invite you to come forward to the center aisle to the floor. Well, you receive the bread in the form of a wafer, and then intink or dip it in the cup. The cup has red wine or white grape juice. All are welcome at the Lord's table. This is Christ's meal, and it's Christ who the you. now the body and blood of our lord and savior jesus christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace amen Amen. let us pray giver of every gift christ's body is our food and we are christ's body raise us to life by your power for the benefit of all and to your glory now and forever Amen. amen invite all who are able to stand receive the benediction Of Christ. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. And come to the parish hall. <laughs>